Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Alabama AgCast. This is Brian Harden, Director of Governmental and Agricultural Programs with the Alabama Farmers Federation. Today, we are pleased to have John Driscoll, Director and CEO of the Alabama State Port Authority, with us. John began serving in the role this past June, and prior to joining the Port Authority in Mobile, Mr. Driscoll was the Maritime Director at the Port of Oakland in Oakland, California. Mr. Driscoll holds over 27 years of global maritime industry experience. John and his wife, Linda, have three children and reside in Mobile. So, John, I had the pleasure to meet you and and hear you present to us this past summer at the Alabama Agribusiness Council just right after you started. Let's start by you telling us a little bit about the port and what types of agricultural products come through. Well, great. It's it's certainly a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to to you and and the membership. Alabama Seaport is uh, is truly a, a dynamic transportation hub. Uh, that th- that has business connectivity to all 67 counties in Alabama. We're very proud that we are uh, uh, Alabama's deep water seaport, the only deep water seaport. And in the case of the agribusiness sector, the Port Authority's terminals handle forest products, grains and feeds, cottons, proteins, mostly pro- poultry and peanuts. Uh, there are private terminals in the seaport that handle fertilizers as well. We, we're not the party that actually handles that for them. Um, so it's an organization that supports agribusiness on our inland terminals at Columbia, Demopolis, and Montgomery, Alabama. So it's really an important gateway for our agri-customers in the state. Great. So I, I know, too, that recently you completed a container dock expansion, which will allow you to handle two container ships simultaneously. What does this really mean for the APM terminal, and your ability to get products in and out of Mobile. Yeah, this is very important. This was an investment uh, that uh, the, the, the people in Alabama and the Port Authority made uh, over the course of the last several years. Their total investment was $550 million to meet the containerized cargo shipping for advanced manufacturing, agribusiness, retail dis- and distribution, as well as process industries in, throughout the state. Our recently completed Phase 3 expansion provided the, the dock extensions and some additional yard capacity to serve service more efficiently the larger container ships calling the port today and increase the productivity of shipper cargo handled in the terminal. This is something that's critical for the users of the port in many different areas. You need to be efficient and you need to be low cost uh, for any sector, but including the, uh, the agri sector. The growth at the terminal uh, has been really phenomenal over the course of uh, the years. That's um, 12 years they've had uh, these three expansions, and now they have through, throughput capability of over 650,000 TEUs. On the horizon, though, Alabama's growing economy, regional demand, and some deepening of our channels have us already talking about a fourth expansion at this facility. So that's on the table for development, and we're looking forward to continuing that to, uh, to be there for, uh, for different segments throughout Alabama. Great. That is exciting. Can you share a little bit about the new refrigerated container facility and what impact you expect it to have on the port? And kind of following up on that, do you anticipate, you know, this opening of new routes of service for the port or, you know, just increasing the volume in which you're able to import or export refrigerated goods? Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's something that we're exceptionally uh, uh, excited about in in the port and, and with our customers. The new $61 million privately funded uh, refrigerator and freezer facility is really poised 
uh, to serve uh, really the pent-up demand that we've had in our state for both import and export refrigerated cargo. Um, the state of the art facility, it's a, it's a private investment. Uh, MTC Logistics is, uh, is the investor in the, in the private company that's doing that. Uh, but it's got freezer capability. Uh, it's near the port. It's literally a quarter of a mile of, uh, of distance from the container facility. And it has LTL consolidation. Um, the terminal will accommodate about 30 truckloads per day and provides about 40,000 pa uh, uh, racked pallet positions of storage. So this is really a state-of-the-art facility that the agri-refrigerated sector will be able to utilize and be near uh, near their facilities as well. Great. Uh, now, specifically, talk a little bit about <laughs> what types of agricultural commodities that are really going to benefit specifically from this re refrigerated space. Right. I already mentioned uh, poultry, but Alabama poultry, and actually we are, our location will probably reach into some of the neighboring states, but primarily this is obviously focused on our customers uh, in Alabama. But poultry, seafood produce, producers will have a near uh, port option with much needed capacity to carry uh, Alabama poultry and seafood to new markets like Latin America and Asia. Uh, conversely, the terminal support inbound refrigerated pro pro uh, products headed for you know retailers and 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 uh, other grocers and things like that. So it's it's really a, a broad base of customers and and commodities that we'll be supporting through this facility. Super. Now it can't be understated. Um, there's been a lot of leadership, a lot of people involved, John, and and making some great things happening that are going on right now. And I know especially because of, of Senator Shelby's leadership, Governor Ivey's leadership, many others. The port has received approval through the uh, Mobile Harbor uh, Modernization Project um, to deepen and widen the, the Mobile Harbor. Um, what does this mean really for the port, and when do you expect this project to be complete? Yeah, I, you, you mentioned it, but I think it uh, it's critical to uh, to really thank and, and highlight the impact that Senator Shelby has 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 uh, has imparted to really make this priority uh, this project a priority, as well as uh, the governor, uh, other elected officials, other uh, economic developers. I mean, this really was a collaborative team uh, uh, effort, and I think the one of the main things that I've seen in the short time I've been in the state in this position has been the collaboration of businesses of different entities across the board to do what's good for business and the people in Alabama. But on the project is is really a game changer uh, for Alabama. It's taking our channel to 50 feet of uh, depth and allows the largest world's uh, ships to to enter our port. Uh, the larger ships will provide capacity and economics of the scale to Alabama businesses that they can benefit on uh, many factors to help drive down costs where possible. Uh, the the interesting is the first construction contract has already been awarded. This was awarded actually just last month. And the entire 32-mile project should be completed by 2025. We should have the first shovel in the ground by the end of the year, uh, starting at the lower part of the channel at the bar, as they call it. Um, and that work will begin here uh, momentarily. Great. Well, it is exciting. I think uh, something maybe we forget is that even though the, the port is there at Mobile, truly the impact that it has statewide, the region, across business sectors. So just really exciting things happening. Along with the deepening and widening of the port, I know that you have recently expanded your routes to Asia and increased the sizing of the ships you're bringing in and out of the port. 
So what does this mean, John, for the overall capacity of the port and the long-term ability for you to ship products to and from those Asian markets? Right. The the deeper channel really attracts additional ocean carrier services, giving our business transportation options along the world's major lanes and help Alabama grow our market. Uh, it's, a, it's a really important uh, thing to be able to have options for our customers uh, that export uh, agri-products out of, uh, out of the state. And this uh, deepening will give, uh, will, we expect to attract additional uh, services and lines of business that don't currently exist for our customers today. So for the U.S. and for Alabama, our largest market, market growth opportunity is certainly Asia and Latin America. In Asia, most folks think about China, but uh, Korea, Vietnam, and other uh, locations throughout Asia are, offer really tremendous opportunities for, for our customers. Then there's India. India has emerged as the sixth largest and fastest growing economy in the world. So that's really something that I think uh, our customers or our shippers out of uh, Alabama will be able to, uh, to, to go into those markets in even a greater way. In Latin America, Brazil is their largest economy, but certainly Chile, Colombia, Ecuador, Panama, Central America, and se- several of the uh, Caribbean islands nations have posted uh, you know, good growth, 3 to 4% growth. So we see that as potential new markets for them as well. But in all of these economies, over 3 billion people are rising into the consumer class and seeking U.S. products, and we lead the growth. Well, and I think, too, again, what it, what it tells me and what you're sharing, John, is that Alabama is really in a new, unique position, um, mm-hmm. not only geographically, but with the changes that are happening. So that's, that's definitely encouraging, too. Um, with all the new projects <laughs> going on and so many improvements being made at the port, talk a little bit more about, you know, the future of the port. What does it look like? What's the vision and what goals do you have to increase the efficiency and capability of the port going forward? No doubt investment, reinvestment, and more investment. I mean, this is something that uh, we see and we have a lot of projects that are out there currently that will support. We talked about a few of them here on, on this podcast, but the Port Authority does not receive funding from state's general fund. So we have all the income that we generate, we put it right back into these investments to help improve but also to maintain these uh, expensive uh, infrastructure assets that we have. What we do reinvest our earnings into is transportation infrastructure and technology to move the goods faster and more cost efficiently. That's really the name of the game. I think in any transportation system, you need to be able to have it move quickly and uh, the most cost-effective manner. Uh, We leverage our properties and our strategic alliances to foster these new developments in in distribution, logistics, and value-added industries. I mean, we have a lot of uh, agreements and and, uh, um, uh, partnerships with people that operate in the port, but certainly outside and in locations throughout the state of Alabama. And we're really proud to have these uh, partnerships and want to try to expand that moving forward as, as, uh, as business develops. Wonderful. Well, I know we're just touching uh, the the tip of what we could discuss today, but I hope what our listeners take away again is is the excitement, the vision, the opportunity, John, of, of what's ahead. Uh, listeners, you will see uh, several uh, links in today's show notes. Got a lot of good information to share with you and, and touch you back to what the, the State Port Authority is doing. I want to thank you again, John, for joining us today. We're truly excited to have you in Alabama. There's so many wonderful things, wonderful things happening with the Alabama State Port Authority, and we are encouraged about what its future growth means, again, not only for agriculture in the state of Alabama, but you know beyond uh, our state and beyond our region. Again, this is Brian Harden. Thank you again for listening to another edition of the Alabama AgCast. 
And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. Hello, this is Jeff Helms, Chairman of the Alabama Farm City Committee. It's good to be with you for this week's Alabama AgCast wrap-up. This is November, and that means Farm City Week is just around the corner. It is celebrated each year the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, Farm City actually started in 1955 as a way to foster understanding between farmers uh, and their city neighbors. And now uh, it's more important than ever. This year with COVID-19, we've all become more and more aware of how dependent we are on one another, whether that's farmers or processors or the truckers that deliver food to the stores, whether it's the grocers or the restaurant owners, uh, COVID-19 has made us um, aware that we all need one another. And that's what Farm City Week is all about. Uh, During the fall of the year, and especially during Farm City Week, uh, volunteers in counties all over the state of Alabama will be doing things like tours, banquets, Uh, educational programs, and other activities to help connect farmers and their city neighbors. There's also a lot of activities for young people. We have poster contests, essay contests, as well as a video contest. And that gives children an opportunity to learn a little bit more about agriculture. You know, today, more and more people are removed from the farm. Uh, some two or three generations removed from agriculture. And so this is an opportunity for the Alabama Farmers Federation and our other partners to help educate people about the importance of agriculture in their daily lives. Farm City Week is also a time when many of our counties recognize outstanding business people and outstanding farmers in their communities. And then uh, at the state level each year, we select a Farm of Distinction winner that goes on to represent Alabama in the Southeastern Farmer of the Year contest at Sunbelt Ag Expo in Moultrie, Georgia. Uh, We're uh, really excited uh, about the the winner that we recognized last year and this year with COVID-19. He will go on to represent Alabama at next year's Sunbelt Expo, and that's Thomas Ellis uh, with Triple E Farm and Priester's Pecans in Lowndes County. So how can you be a part of Farm City? Uh, Well, I'd say first and foremost, just engage with farmers and city people in your uh, area. Uh, Start conversation. Help people understand more about what you do and how you play a role in uh, our food and fiber system, whether you're a farmer or whether you're someone that works uh, in the agricultural industry. And then uh, if you're interested in finding out more about Farm City activities that may be going on in your area, you can certainly go to alabamafarmcity.org and look for the county coordinators in your area and reach out to them and find out if there are activities going on during Farm City Week. Again, Farm City Week coming up this month, concluding on Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to Alabama AgCast. Thank you for joining us for Alabama AgCast. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast. Alabama AgCast.